When I survey the bright celestial sphere, so rich with jewels hung that night doth like an Ethiop bride appear. My soul her wings doth spread and heavenward flies, almighty's mysteries to read in the large columns of the skies. For the bright firmament shoots forth no flame, so silent but is eloquent in speaking the Creator's name. No unregarded star contracts its light into so small a character removed far from our human sight. But if we steadfast look, we shall discern in it as in some holy book how man may heavenly knowledge learn. It tells the conqueror that far-stretched power which his proud dangers traffic for is but the triumph of an hour. Thus those celestial fires, those seeming mute, the fallacy of our desires, and all the pride of life confute. For they have watched since first the world had birth, and found sin in itself accursed, and nothing permanent on earth. Pretty interesting poem, don't you think? I definitely thought so. I didn't mix that in. That was part of the song that I just found the other day. And uh, it was actually, it turns out it was written by an English dude in the 1600s named William Habington. The title of the poem is Nox Nocti Indicat Scientium. 
which translates to Knight Certifieth, or something along those lines. There are, although there are a couple verses in the online version that um, were not in that audio narration, but I'll leave a link in the description for the music and for the poem. But it was a pretty timely thing to kind of randomly come across, as I was already in the middle of, once again, looking into the whole topic of astronomical spectroscopy, uh, <laughs> which is something I hadn't looked at in a while. But I was reminded about it after this story came out a few weeks ago. And it was just one of these countless little side space narratives that they're constantly putting into the media to kind of keep the keep interest going and, and everything. But it was about uh, this object, SO2020. But supposedly NASA found it with their telescopes and they were tracking it and they concluded that it was a man had to be a man-made object and not an, not an asteroid based on its speed and all this, right? And so by working backwards, they're trajectory maps or whatever of the orbit they concluded that the last time it had been close to the earth was in 1966 and so therefore this must be the used uh, rocket fuselage of a centaur atlas rocket from 1966 and then to supposedly prove this they used spectroscopy to match the light signature from another centaur rocket one of the many Centaur rockets that they claim is orbiting around uh, like low Earth orbit close by that, that they know about. So supposedly this empty rocket was uh, has been orbiting around the sun since the 60s. And then it came back close to Earth and did a little loop-de-loop -loop and then is being flung back out around the sun for another 50-something years or whatever. <laughs> but as, as you can see in this whole example, all they're really dealing with is this tiny dot of light. And uh, it's a perfect example of what has really been going on with astronomy pretty much all along and if you go on youtube you, know, you just type in astro spectroscopy you can watch dozens of videos explaining the whole theory and the history and all this you know which inevitably will probably mention newton and his experimentation with light and prisms and things like this and then you fast forward to the invention of the, the bunsen burner and shortly after the Bunsen burner was invented and being used, this chemist realized that different powdered metals, when put into the flame, would burn different colors. And this was like the clue. This was the eureka moment. This was the, the breakthrough. That was the foundation of, of astronomy and physics and everything going forward, <laughs> was this assumption based on this observation. And it's a pretty in-depth uh, topic. I don't mean to get into all the nuts and bolts of why a theory that that's, that starts with uh, the combustion of certain minerals and uh, materials on Earth could then be used to uh, identify the, the light spectrum signatures coming from a star which is said to be a giant nuclear reactor, the likes of which we could never replicate or simulate in a lab. But long story short, spectroscopy is the method of interpretation of data light in this case, from which everything that is said to be known about the stars and the planets and the exoplanets and the, all the galaxy, everything, from their distance to their mass to what they're made out of to which direction they're spinning to which direction they're moving closer or farther away, all of it is all, <laughs> it all boils down to the interpretation of the electromagnetic spectrum coming from these heavenly bodies. And if you really step back and think about this, um, and this is where I kind of started thinking about it differently than, than before when I've thought about this. 
because originally I was just trying to wrap my head around this idea that, according to the official models, how photons are interacting with atoms, and so the photons kind of translate into electrons that, that alter the 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 orbit of the electrons around the the atom which is what they say then generates the different light it's all electrons and subatomic particles swapping and moving and waving even though there's no medium to wave through that's the whole point of all this particle physics stuff is that it's trying to explain a way to have waves without a medium even though ultimately they come up with all kinds of convoluted ways to create a, a medium that they don't call a medium and they certainly would never call it an ether that's pretty much the primary you know you can you can invent things like the fabric of space-time or dark matter or you know quantum fields and all these things which essentially function as a conceptual medium to try and prop up all their theories but anyway this time around I kind of found myself just more stepping back and thinking about just the broader implications of what what we all I, I suppose have embraced as people living in the modern world and those who claim to believe in an, in God, in a creator, and, and specifically in the Bible, in Jesus. And yet there's all these different ways that people embrace and defend, you know, things that were taught from kindergarten on about everything we supposedly know as, as humanity, about the cosmos and about the natural world. And so I suppose if, if that's something that you are trying to defend as a true biblical narrative and a true biblical view of history, then essentially what you're defending is the idea that goes back to, I suppose, the Enlightenment and such of this, there being the book of nature alongside the book of Revelation, you know, the scriptures. And you can hear this kind of argued and, and defended in lots of different ways, sometimes more overtly and sometimes more subtly, but this book of nature idea, if you really step back and look at it, it's, it's quite an esoteric book, then, if this is all true, in the sense that you go back to Genesis, the very, very beginning of Genesis, and the first thing that God creates is light. Before anything else, before there's even anything to function as a light source, it exists all on its own somehow. You know, already. It's like, <laughs> wrap your head around that. But then supposedly, according to this whole uh, philosophy, I guess, this paradigm that has been entrenched in virtually everyone around the world now, is embedded within even the properties of light itself. The very first thing that God created were these, th this code, these clues to the elements of everything <laughs> that everything is made out of. And it, once we figured out what light is and what matter is and how they interact, then we'd be able to unlock, you know, this giant vast ocean of a universe that's around us and realize that that's where we are when for countless centuries we were just ignorantly staring at the sky and thinking it was the ceiling <laughs> you know all those foolish uh, simpletons for most of human history had no idea and you know, the scriptures say that the heavens declare the glory of god and the skies declare the work of his hands but according to a position that, would, that puts its faith in this uh, esoteric book of nature. You know, that, the, the glory of God couldn't be revealed until, you know, Newton came along and invented uh, calculus and figured out elliptical orbits, and then other people started playing with putting powders into flames and <laughs> looking at the, the rainbow colors. Figuring out this giant puzzle. And the thing about it all that kind of gnaws at me, I guess, a little bit, is that, you know, so many people 
scoff at the the notion of conspiracy as if it's something that just requires all these all this intense study and you got to go down some just crazy esoteric rabbit hole in order to you know and by so many people christians and non-christians it's regarded as just kind of this unhealthy and perhaps dangerous esoteric rabbit hole that you fall down to where it just consumes you and becomes this this warped view of the world right when in actuality, it's it's really quite the opposite. It's really quite the inverse of, of all that, in the sense that, think of all that we have claimed to have done as a society, as a civilization of technologically hip people. The whole idea of so-called advancement. But what are we advancing towards? We live in the legacy of the alchemists. You know, God never called us to unlock the mysteries of the cosmos. Or to try and figure out what the building blocks of reality are. I mean, can you imagine anyone in the Bible, Old Testament or New, you know, pointing telescopes at the stars and comparing the analysis of the, the starlight to the colors of flame that they could produce with different powders. I think we all know what they would what they would think of what they would say. What would they call that? But they just were they just weren't enlightened. I suppose. They weren't enlightened enough to understand that it's not witchcraft, it's science. It's science that has taken over the world and created all these mechanisms of control and manipulation and, yeah, social alchemy, spiritual alchemy, pharmacia. In scripture, we're told that the rainbow was given by God as a sign after the flood that he would never destroy the world by water again. And it literally tells us why God created the, the rainbow. You know, that probably sounds really silly and mystical to a lot of most people, I'm sure. <laughs> but who cares, really? But it's quite a picture. It's kind of a crazy parable, I guess. We've taken light, <laughs> the first thing God made, that allows us to see <laughs> the, the world in which we live. The whole purpose of light, you know. It allows us to see, and it gives us heat and energy for plants to grow and to feed everything. It's even pretty good at killing disease, and, and we as humans just need it to live. Which is pretty crazy when you think that here we are, you know, in 2021, we're, we're, we're so evolved and so advanced that we're <laughs> putting more rovers on Mars and identifying tiny... We can identify this little dot that turns out to be a Centaur rocket from 1966, but... The idea that people should be free to go out and, and be in the sunshine and congregate with each other and enjoy life together the way God designed it to be. Not so cherished. <laughs> Even light itself. From the sun, the moon, and the stars. People rejecting the reason and the purpose that it was given. But preferring this, um, this techno-gnostic perversion of it.
It's crazy. Where people think that we can improve everything now. I mean, we're going to solve climate change by blocking out the sun, right? Eventually. That's about how idiotic it all is. But that's exactly what the Bible says is happening. And has been happening. And what we're all advancing towards the culmination of, right? You know, the Bible calls it foolishness, not idiocy, but... <laughs> the foolishness of looking to man and thinking that we're so wise to figure out all these things. Build all these systems and all this infrastructure that ultimately is nothing more than... It's just the beast system. Every scientific advancement in history was necessary to build what the Bible said would be in place 2,000 years ago. Think about that. God's known the end from the beginning, and the heavens do declare the glory of God. And the earth as well. If you let it, if you let the light really shine on you and reveal your need for a savior, reveal your need for forgiveness, reveal your need for your heavenly father. Why would you put your hope in anyone else? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that an antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. 
If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life.